Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. All right, all right, all right. Good afternoon, Church Alive. Yes. Woo. Man, how exciting it is to be with you all this afternoon. Um, Yeah, my name is Verlani, and it is the honor and the privilege of my life to share what God um, has been doing in me, and um, I think it'll it'll really resonate with us today. And so before we get started, uh, let's pray. Uh, and just invite God in this moment. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are the source of all miracles. We thank you, God, that you are our healer, our provider. You are the same God that we can trust yesterday, today, and forever. And with that, Lord, we give you this time believing that you will do something significant with it. And we believe that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Can we give it up for our worship team? Ah, How incredible have they been? Ah, It's amazing to be part of three services and still I'm like, oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Um, But hey, if you're new to church, uh, again, my name is Verlani. I'm this season. I will be overseeing our transform groups. And yes, and I'm super excited. (laughs) Um, And so just so you know, hey, they start tomorrow. So if you are in the ages of 18 through 39, our 20s and 30s group, yes, will be here tomorrow night. So I invite you to do that. And hey, if you are interested in growing in the area of your finances, hey, we would love for you to join our Finance Transform. They're going to be meeting Wednesday and also Thursday if you want to learn how to invest your money. We know that we have someone that's going to be uh, really intentional this semester with our 401ks and all that stuff. So hey, we want to see you win in the four areas of life, in relationship, in finance, in their finances, spiritually, personally. We want to see you win. And our transform groups are a way for you to do that. So don't wait till life happens to you to be part of community. Be proactive and be part of community today. And you have that opportunity. So can't wait. I had to like plug it in because that's what I do now. And so (laughs) join groups are awesome. Um, But hey, if you're new today, we're continuing on a series called Walking Miracles, taking examples through scripture about, hey, to demonstrate that we're all walking miracles. You know, celebrating Jesus uh, last weekend at an Easter, rising from the dead, right? That's a walking miracle. And we talked about the woman with the issue of blood who kept telling herself that if she would just touch the hem of Jesus's garment, she would be healed. And she becomes a walking miracle. You know, the reality is, the truth is, we are all walking miracles. And sometimes that might be harder for us to see because of what surrounds us, right? What the news tells us, what we're listening to. And so uh, my hope for us today is that we walk towards the source where all miracles come from. 
that knowing that some miracles, you know, although I, like, I know that we don't need another miracle, miracle, right? Some of us don't need it. But I think we all in the room are believing for one. And in that believing, right, I don't want it to distract you from the source of the miracle, knowing that some miracles may happen in an instant, but some miracles do take some time. And so how do we remain undistracted in the process of a miracle in the making? How do we keep our focus on the source of all miracles when we're in the process of a miracle in motion? I want to take us through a passage of scripture that I found encouraging And I really do think that it can help us be people who live undistracted in a world that's full of distractions. And even now, I'd love to, uh, before we get into the passage, I want to just take a moment to honor our senior pastors, our pastors Anthony and Miriam Fleming. Uh, I am so honored uh, to be under their leadership Uh, as they have guided our church in probably one of the most exciting and most joy-filled seasons uh, our church has ever seen. And I want us to just press into that today, that there is something worth celebrating in your life. And, And I hope that this passage of scripture will start to just uncover what that is for you. And so in Luke chapter 17, and we're gonna take this story uh, with Jesus, and it's, it says, when, while Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, this is verse 11 through 19, uh, he was passing along the border of Samaria, between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance, and they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go. The word of the Lord for this house is to go. So Jesus tells them to go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he he realized that something had changed with him. He turned back glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice. And he, I love what he does. He lays face downward at Jesus's feet, thanking him over and over. He was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asks this question. And I think he's asking that us today. He says, we're not a 10 of you cleansed? Uh, Where are the other nine? He says, was there no one found to return and to give thanks and praise to God, except this foreigner. In verse 19, Jesus tells them, and this is the key to all things I feel like for us today. Jesus says, get up and go. Yet again, we got to go. This is the time to go. Our church is in a season where we are going. And Jesus says this, go on your way. Your faith your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power, not in, your, not in your confidence, but in confidence in God's power has restored you to health. I believe, I believe that the modern day miracle of today is to walk undistracted. 
I think too often we are distracted from the things of this world. And I don't talk, I'm not talking about just like the fleshly things. I just think we're overstimulated. And I think that's something in our society that doesn't allow ourselves to quiet our souls to hear what God is saying. I feel like in a world full of distractions, a world that is constantly bombarding us to grab hold of our attention, how can we walk undistracted? How can we keep our focus on Jesus, the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith? And what I sense the Lord telling me, and I just really like, I mean, when I tell you I've wrestled with this for the last couple months, and this has just been what's on my heart, to walk undistracted, joy must be my focus. Joy must be my focus. And if I can sum up this message in a sentence, if you hear nothing else from today, I, I want you to catch this. And this is simply is to walk undistracted is to walk with joy. To walk undistracted is to walk with joy. See, Jesus and the lepers in this passage of scripture remind us of something. They remind us that there is great joy to be experienced on the other side of our discomfort. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem where he was going to be crucified. He never lost sight of where he was going. Actually, the interruption of the lepers in this story amplified who he was. So for us today, the interruptions in your life actually amplify your purpose unless you let them become a distraction that move you away from your purpose. See, Jesus was allowed to be interrupted. You know, the lepers would be on their way to the priest. And that was, again, to be reminded that their identity would be restored. See, they were outcasted. They were not allowed to integrate into society, which is how Jesus found them. He found them on the border of Samaria and Galilee, not in the city. So they were not part of society. And Jesus meets them where they are. See, Oh my goodness, if you are uh, here, and again, if you haven't started taking notes, I'd love to share the title of my message, which is called Joy Walk. <laughs> Got a little bit of a jaywalk here, because uh, there's a difference when you walk with joy. And I believe it because enough people have told me so. Uh, and so this is something I personally live out. You know, as we live near New York City, I still sometimes find a little bit of trepidation when I'm like walking again from one corner to the other when I'm about to do the crosswalk because I'm like, this is insane. There's cars, there's bicycles, there's tourists. Like this is a whole thing to just go from one end of the street to the next. And I find that depending on where I am in this city, I'm always just waiting patiently for like the pedestrian sign to just give me the like the white light to be like, okay, you can go now. Like, right? Hopefully nothing hits me, but I'm, I'm going to take the risk. And I just sense that metaphorically our society is waiting for this pedestrian sign to show us that we like almost giving us permission to have joy. I feel like we're all just like in this... Can we, can we have joy now? Can we have joy now? It's been two years of COVID. Can we have joy? And I felt like someone needed to know today that you can have joy. It is available to you. It is available. You can have it. You can have it. 
that it is okay to celebrate what is happening in your life. The job, the engagement, the marriage, the house, the business, the family, the health report, whatever you've been withholding from sharing, it is time to go and celebrate. Go and celebrate what God is doing for you because he deserves all the glory and he deserves all the praise. I love seeing my man, Stephen, who just rolled up into service and he's waving his hand like, yo, I got married. Yes. And I know that's a miracle. I know that's a miracle, Stephen. So we honor you. We honor you for your commitment and your continued commitment, brother. I'm so excited for you, man. But if I can see, as you see, for us, when we're talking about this walk, this joy walk, if I am in the city, And if I can avoid jaywalking, obviously, I would. Uh, But I found something so liberating, and if you've been in the city, you know this, right? About walking through the crosswalk, not because I'm intentionally trying to break the rules, right? But because I've gotten a better sense of when I can go. I've gotten a better sense of when I can sense the danger, whether be it a bicycle, be it a tourist, be it a car. I know that I can go, and that is what I feel like for us, man, taking the risk to jaywalk in this season, to walk with joy actually reduces the noise around us because our focus is tied to the possibilities of what's awaiting for us on the other side. Have you started to to think what possibilities are on the other side of what you won't cross over because it is so worth your discomfort. It is so worth your sacrifice. It is so worth what you you will lay down in order to get to the other side. And so how do we know if we're walking undistracted with joy? See, the leper and Jesus tells us a valuable lesson, and that is that we all have purpose. And if pain can be the birthplace of purpose, then I believe that joy refines that purpose. And on this journey to discovering, uh, perhaps, or uncovering our purpose, we must view it with joy-tinted glasses. Oh, the pursuit of discovering who we are in Christ and what have we been called to do. We should view it with joy, not with dread, not with like, oh, this is scary. It will be, but with joy on the other side of what God can do. And so for us, yeah, that's good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I see you, Donna. <laughs> hey, but what is joy? What is it? I think of Daniel Rivera right now in my head. What is joy? My hope is that as we define joy using scripture, I really do believe that we can go with joy in this season. We are in a harvest season here at Church Alive, and I want to encourage us to go, to do and celebrate what God is doing. And so if you haven't started to take notes yet. We're going to go through a couple points of what joy is. And I really hope that it resonates with you where you need it in your life. And so number one, joy is a fruit. Plan it. Joy is a fruit. Plan it. In other words, to walk with joy, to go with joy, we must walk by the spirit. It is, in, it is intentional. Joy is intentional. It's not something that just happens out of nowhere. We must plan it. And how do we know if we're walking in the spirit, we produce fruit. 
We produce fruit when we walk in the spirit. We produce joy when we walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 tells us so. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, a fruit in our lives with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so I think about the leper having to choose. The one leper chooses to come back to Jesus. He had to acknowledge that, in fact, he was healed. Too many of us are sitting here healed and not declaring that God was the one who did it. Too many of us are, are here and we're like, man, God really did do that. Um, and we won't share it with anyone, but we overcome the enemy by the power of our testimony. And so we need to be able to share what God is doing. And I love the leper's response because it speaks volumes of how we should respond. See, the scripture tells us is that the leper gets loud. He got loud about what Jesus did. It almost, and, it, and I think it's because he was, we don't know how long he had been a leper. So if you think about that, I don't know how long you've been wrestling with what you've been wrestling, but God can give you joy through it. And so I believe that he got loud about what he did. And then when he got in the presence of Jesus, he humbled himself self. He laid face downward and he thanked God over and over and over again. This tells me that if I'm going to be intentional about planting joy in my life, I must acknowledge what God has done. I must humble myself to know when God did it. And then I must continuously thank him over and over again. What would it look like for you to plant joy in your life? For me, it's simply just taking one, a moment every day to thank God. And I write that in my journal. And I've been doing that 365 days or 366 with the leap year uh, <laughs> for six years. Six years of just writing one little line of why I am thankful for God. And I went, again, because we all have our winter seasons. We all have seasons where we go through. And I have, I have six years of reserves of joy that God has done in my life. So when I don't, when I don't see it in the moment, I can go back to where the source of joy is because the world doesn't give us joy. If it did, then obviously the world would disappoint us when we don't feel it anymore because joy isn't a feeling. And so we have to acknowledge that, right? It's planted. And so be intentional about how you're planting joy in your life. Number two, joy is a strength. Exercise it. See, the one leper has to make the decision to come back to Jesus. And he only turns back when he realizes that he has been healed. So the question erupted in me, how, how long did it take for those lepers, the other nine, to realize that they were even healed? And even more disappointing, the fact that they had to wait until they got to the priest to receive the validation that they were healed. See, they were lepers. This is a skin condition. It was an outward thing. And they were still waiting upon the validation of a priest to tell them that they were healed. And what I love about this leper is that we don't know how long it took him to come back. And not only that, how long it took him to find Jesus once he was back in the region in which the miracle took place. But the Bible tells 
tells us in Nehemiah in 8.10, it says, don't be dejected, don't be sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And this verse, and I love what this verse comes from, because in Nehemiah was given this impossible task of completing something for God in record timing, despite opposition, weariness, doubt. He reminds the people to celebrate. And sometimes we must go out of our way to do so. It was inconvenience for the leper to go back and find Jesus. The leper had to have kept joy as his focus. The joy of having the opportunity to tell Jesus that it did happen, that his words had an impact, that like joy being like a muscle, it must be exercised. See, the leper had to continue to choose joy as his focus and it strengthened him. And I have to believe that the closer the leper got, to where Jesus, where he thought Jesus would be, the more joy started to flood in. I believe that joy, there's an anticipation of joy that comes to our lives when we know we're close to the breakthrough, when we know we're close to what God is doing in our lives. There, there breeds this excitement, which is why I love where we are as a church, because we are going to go. We are going to grow. We are going to expand. We're going to see more people free than ever before. We're going to see more salvations than ever before. We're going to see people uh, reconcile in relationships in the way that God can only do. And I believe that our families, all of our families will come to know who God is. And like a muscle, I exercise that joy, believing that it will happen. And so for us, how can joy, how can the joy of the Lord be our strength in this season? And what does it look like for you to exercise it? What does it look like for you to exercise joy? For me, it's the ability to continuously encourage people. I get so much out of just being able to compliment or just say something nice to someone each and every time I have the opportunity. And that's just a simple, practical thing. But how can you exercise that joy? Because I love seeing people's reaction. I'm like, oh yeah, like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, yes, joy. <laughs> right? So what does that look like for you? How do you exercise joy? Number three, joy always comes. Wait for it. Joy always comes. Wait for it. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. The lepers saw Jesus and they called to him. You know, some scholars speculate that because they were lepers, they all had to live in a certain area of town, right? They had to, they couldn't live in the city. They had to be outcasted. And so meaning that like, the 10 of them, for the 10 of them to be together, their gathering was intentional. It's not by chance that 10 lepers are hanging out, right? Like, doesn't happen, unless, unless you're a leper, but no. Um, but I say that to say it happens, like birds of a feather flock together. So there it is. And one of them we find out is a Samaritan. And at the time, Samaritan and Jews don't really get along. There's a variety of reasons for that. When you talk about differences in culture, beliefs, you name it, almost like today in some areas, um, you know, the Jews avoided the interactions with the Samaritans. Um, but I found that for this particular issue, um, they had to hang out because they were suffering from the same condition. You know, no one else could help them. 
And by law, the lepers had to be a hundred paces from everyone. And if we measure that in today's standards, that's 400 feet. They had to live 400 feet from anybody. If I, I just went to the Yankee Stadium on Friday and like you hit a homer, it's like 381 feet. So I'm like, wow, that's really far. Um, <laughs> they had to be. And so I can't imagine how loud those lepers had to yell to get Jesus to hear them. And I don't even know but how long they've been lepers. See, it's, it's crazy to me. I think about the fact that they were lepers together. Again, their differences evident, but they had to have been together long enough for whatever divided them to bring them together and to collectively shout to Jesus to get his attention. And that's what I love about joy, the anticipation of it, the waiting for it. I don't know how long they were waiting for their healing. I don't know how long they were waiting for Jesus, but it was long enough to bring down the walls of division around them. And that's what joy does. Joy produces unity. It brings people together in a way that no other thing can do simply because of suffering from the same condition. And so what does it look like for you to wait for joy to arrive? Because how we wait determines how well we wait. And so that is so, so important for us today. Joy will always come. Just wait for it. Wait for it to come. And how you wait is important. Those lepers were waiting for Jesus. And they shouted as loud as they could to get his attention. And lastly, here, number four, joy is a person. Encounter him. See, real joy is to be experienced through a person. It's not a feeling. It's not based on circumstances, but it is through Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, 44 through 45, this is where Mary and Elizabeth are meeting. And there's this amazing moment where Mary calls to Elizabeth. Mary's pregnant with Jesus. And Elizabeth is also pregnant with John. And here we go. And it says, when I heard your greeting, says Elizabeth, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And I love that she says this, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. From the moment Jesus was in the womb, whoever encountered him were blessed. This moment is no different than the lepers in the story. See, they encountered Jesus and they had a lasting impact and they believed what Jesus said and so they went. And however, one leper, I love this, he couldn't help himself that he couldn't help himself to just be satisfied with the experience Jesus at a distance. He had to come back closer to Jesus because he knew there was something else that he needed. See, his condition prevented him from getting close to Jesus. And I believe that there are people in this room that for whatever reason, you are okay with like just experiencing Jesus from this distance. And what does Jesus do? He gives them mercy and he heals their exterior. 
He heals their body. But what about their soul? See, their soul still needed the priest to validate them. Some of our souls are still looking for validation from other people. And I believe that. And for us, well, Pastor Steve shared something so important that even in our obedience as we walk through it, I believe that obedience outperforms recognition every time. And so for us, it is so important that we, when we see God do something, we come back and recognize who he is. We also have the same choice. We have the same choice to experience Jesus as he comes close. And what Jesus did for that leper is what I think we all need today. And he says it again in verse 19. He says, get up and go on your way, your faith, your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power has restored you to health, your faith, your faith. And so I ask you today, where is your faith placed? Because it matters. It matters if it's in the hands of God or if it matters that it's in the hands of others. I love this version because it tells us how our faith should be placed and who our faith needs to be placed in. Our personal trust in Jesus, right? Do you personally trust Jesus If you don't, there's going to be an opportunity in just a second to do that. And even the confidence in God's power, understanding that if I humble myself, God's power actually has the ability to do significant things. Even as we were worshiping, I love that it's his kingdom. It is his name that is powerful. It is his kingdom. It is for his glory that we do all that we do because that gives, it's the pressure off of me. I know I have enough pressure at work and life with all these things, but to God be the glory. I get to shift the weight and give it to him. It's not up to me. It's totally up to him. And so as I start to close, I'm not sure where you are today, but can I ask you, is your trust in Jesus? If you can really think about the joy that is set before you and the things that you may have to decide for yourself. Is your confidence in what God can do and what his powers can do? All the possibilities that are available to us when we stop trusting and placing our confidence, not only in our own abilities or in other people, but we just come closer to Jesus. I love that Pastor Miriam shared this on on her Instagram um, to say like, we have to make every effort to get to Jesus because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That is where we can experience joy that will satisfy. That is where we can experience joy that is not distracting because when we walk with joy, we walk with purpose. And when we walk with purpose, we can walk undistracted. We can follow undistracted and we can live undistracted. Don't allow the things that are draining you to still have a say in your life, but man, be free of those things. And so perhaps you're here today and you're like, Rolani, to be honest, I've, I've kind of lost my joy. I've kind of lost my purpose. I, I, I know I started it and then just life got in the way. Maybe your purpose has kind of started to get blurred in the midst of everything else. Maybe you've allowed other things to distract you from getting to or coming back to Jesus. 
it would honestly be the honor of my life to invite you uh, to start your joy walk again with God by inviting Jesus in the journey. And so with that being said, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And it's not the prayer that saves you, but it is the person of Jesus who does. And so with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And as a church family, let's pray this together. Let's say, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. Today, I ask for your forgiveness. Help me walk with joy as I follow you. Amen. Amen. And so with eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you're deciding, Melania, I'm just coming back and choosing Jesus again to help me walk this life with joy, would you raise your hand for me? Yes, I see those hands. Yep, see that hand back there. Yep, see that hand on the right. Yep, see you right there. I see that hand back there. Back there, I see you. I see you right there. Amen. I see that hand up here. Amen. Father, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are doing an incredible work here in this church. But I pray for your people even now that as they decide to regain joy in their lives by following you, God, that you would meet them where they are and that they would walk forever with you, with joy in their hearts, but joy as their perspective. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.